What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Sony Open. We're going to go through some outrights, top fives, top tens, top twenties, talk through some head-to-head betting matchups, and then get into the one-and-done stuff because for a lot of you, this is an important week. It's the first week that you're going to make a pick in your one-and-done pool, so we want to get you off on the right foot. Uh, Before I forget, join me for two different live streams on Wednesday, the 3 p.m. live stream, that's 3 p.m. Eastern. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel where we'll have a Sony open live chat questions, answers, final bets, projected ownership, weather, all that good stuff is at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, the second ever jock market power hour. The first one was a ton of fun. It's stock market DFS. It is uh, something that I enjoy, something that people are winning a lot of money at. And that is the hour in which the IPO phase closes. It was so much fun last week. I imagine it's going to be even better this week. So join us for that. And then finally, if you have not taken advantage of your free bets on William Hill and you live in New Jersey, Indiana, or Illinois, go to rickrungood.com slash Will Hill. Literally hundreds of dollars of free bets being given out. You don't have to use them on golf. You can use them on NFL playoffs or uh, basketball, whatever you want. But uh, the free bets are there for you. But for now, Let's look at the tournament simulator and see the results of the Sony Open. All right, here it is. The tournament simulator for the Sony Open. And uh, a couple of notes off the bat here. So last week I did 250 simulations. This week I did 500. My goal is to at least get it to 1,000 moving forward. You know, if I get it up to... 10,000 or something, that'd be great too. But I'm just trying to make sure everything stays in order and I'll try to bump it up each and every single week. And there's a couple of, of notes here that I think are, are uh, they're not, I was going to say good and bad. It's not necessarily bad. It's noteworthy about this simulation model. And uh, the big thing is it really, really takes into account the volatility of some golfers. So some golfers that are crazy volatile, I think are getting a boost bigger than they should, but I don't want to start manually adjusting or manually tweaking or anything like that because then I'm putting my thoughts and energy into it. So I have a calculation in my brain that I'm going to try to roll out over the next couple of weeks. But the example of this is, is Sepp Straka. My model has Sepp Straka winning this event 3.8% of the time. Now, while in you know, in the scheme of things, 3.8% of the time is not a lot, but in a golf tournament it is a massive amount, especially for Sepp Straka, who I don't think even has a, I don't even know if he has a professional win, let alone a PGA Tour win. So um, it's, this is, this is too high for him, but I left it here because what I think it does indicate is how volatile Sepp Straka can be. And sometimes when everything goes right, he goes nuts and he shoots the low round of the day or he does it for two rounds and putting it together for four has been difficult for him. So keep that in mind as you go through this model. If you see someone and there's there's only one or two guys that I think are are really drastically off, uh, Sepp Straka being the key one here where, you know, it's it's looking at his upside. And the upside is great. Now, unfortunately for him, the downside is also very great, but uh, keep that in mind as you go along here. Now, when you look at the rest of this model, I think it comes out to be uh, rather intuitive. It might give Webb Simpson a bit more win equity than he should, but he is the top 
simulated winner of this week, which should be no surprise. I have him winning this about 15% of the time. That's probably a couple of percentage points too high, but still higher than the implied odds that uh, that that Vegas, I shouldn't say Vegas, that odds makers are giving him at about 8.3% of the time. So Webb Simpson, in theory, a very good uh, value in terms of an outright bet. Then I have Harris English winning it 11% of the time. Colin Morikawa, eight. Adam Scott, seven. We talked about Adam Scott last week. You know, the model and his lack of starts in 2020 uh, and one of his few starts being a victory. Adam Scott definitely gets a boost. Uh, Sung J M is here as well, along with Ryan Palmer. So you're seeing a lot of the bigger names at the top of the board. And with with the the withdrawals of Patrick Reed, with the withdrawals of Victor Hovland, when I re-simulated this, almost all of their win equity was spread out amongst Webb Simpson, Morikawa, Harris English, some of these guys at the top. So at, at initial runs of this, um, these guys weren't as heavy winner weren't 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 winning it at at a clip as much as you're seeing right now. But with Reed going out, with Hovland going out, those numbers did increase quite a bit. So in terms of value, uh, you know the model likes the value on Webb Simpson. He likes it. it, it, it I, I called it a he. It likes it on Harris English. It likes it on Adam Scott, Sepp Straka, which we talked about, and then Colin Morikawa. Those would be the biggest values where you're looking at their their win equity uh, implied by the odds makers and the odds that they are given versus how often they won in my simulation. But that doesn't always stand pat for top fives and top tens. Jerry Kelly gets a big boost, unfortunately, in the top five market. Uh, probably does not come anywhere close to this, but his lack of history and recent form, but the good history in Hawaii bumps this up. So some of this stuff you can't just blindly follow. And I never recommend blindly following anything or anyone or any one thing, put it all together, digest it, see what comes out and go with what you think is important to you. But if you're looking at some of the, you know, top, uh, top 10 numbers here, you know, Webb Simpson, I had him finishing in the top 10 35% of the time. Actually, Hideki bumps up here. Hideki Matsuyama finishes in the top 10 for me 23% of the time, which is a bit a bit scary, but um, there there was a, a, a very close to value on, on Hideki in the, in the top five spot, and I know a lot of people are, are staying away from him this week. On more of an anecdotal side of this, um, I think I have five bets in at the moment, and they are... Um, I think I have, hold on, let me think, let me, I think I have Webb, so I think I got Webb, uh, Sungjae, Answer, okay, so three guys at the top, I also have a bet in on Munoz, I think I got him at 66 to 1, I'm not sure if that number has moved over the course of the week, I think it has, yeah, he's 40 to 1. Wow, he's 40 to 1 now. So that has moved. If you can get it closer to 50, you can get it in the 60s. That's better. And then I I fired a dart down at Cameron Davis. I got him at 135 to 1. And the reason for those, um, you know, I, I think that the guys at the top, they do eat up a ton of the win equity. So I get my I get my paws on on Webb, who this is just a perfect spot for him. I get my paws on Sung Jay, who was the best player in, in, in the field from Tita Green last week. I get Abraham Answer, who this should be a really good fit for him. And I don't want to have FOMO because uh, Greg Ducharme, when we were on the First Cup podcast for CBS Sports uh, like eight days ago, told me that Abraham Answer was going to win the Sony Open. So I'm, I'm not going to miss out on that uh, victory lap. And then uh, I went down to Munoz, who 
we've talked about a lot this week. The final three rounds that he had at the Tournament of Champions were phenomenal. If he can keep it going, it's great. His numbers already moved. And then Cameron Davis is is me trying to realize that we don't know as much as we think we know or we want to know or we think we should know because this is the first event of the year for most guys. And it's the first event, competitive event, in four or five weeks for a lot of guys. And I think that weird things can happen. We don't know the state of a lot of these golfers' games. We're not seeing that that natural trend towards victory that we often see. So I like sprinkling down in the 50, 75, 100 to 1 range. And I got Cameron Davis at 135. He's now down to 100. So the line's moving. Uh, you know, it's still, it's still very long, but this is me embracing that. And it's me embracing a bit of volatility and saying, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. Let me sprinkle a little thing on, uh, on, on some raw talent and see what happens. So, uh, especially early in the year for golf, that is an approach that I, that I want to take. Let's see if we can find a couple of head to head matchups here that are interesting. We'll go over to the matchup tool, which I just absolutely love this thing so much, but let's see if I can find a couple of matchups. All right. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is one of my favorite tools, uh, raw data. It's a model, uh, uh, to determine the win probability between two golfers, any two golfers over the course of four rounds. And you can choose the time frame that you want. I've been going since the start of 2020. Uh, so January 1st, 2020, I think it's a lot of rounds. I don't think it's too many rounds. And then using the visual, you can kind of see some of the trends that guys are on. And, and, and one of these matchups I'm looking at already just jumps off the screen at me. I'm dying to see what the model says. It's Colin Morikawa versus Abraham Manser, uh, who in theory, Morikawa should dominate this, right? He had an unbelievable year. He doesn't. Wow. That's impressive. So look at this. I have Morikawa winning this 52% of the time, making his money line minus 110. I see him at minus 150. Abraham answer uh, is plus 120. I actually have him at plus 110. So I, this in, you know, I would say this is the answer side. If you wanted to bet this, you would bet the answer side here, getting 10 points more than I think you should be getting. And he's 47.5% to win this. And you see, you know, Morikawa really started to extend himself around uh, the summer, right? That's when he wins the PGA Championship and he kind of goes on this really great stretch. But very quietly, it's Abraham Answer who's steadily kind of closing the gap on him. You know, Sanderson Farm, Shriner, Zozo, uh, Houston Ope, he's just closing the gap, closing the gap, and uh, played well again last week. They both did. They both played well at the Century Tournament of Champions. So this is actually much closer than odds makers are indicating. So Abraham Answer plus 120, I would say it's a a strong lean, you know, it's not like a, a great play. It's not a must bet. It's not a lock or anything like that, but I think it's more than a lean. I think it's a, a, a fairly strong lean on, on Abraham answer who you're getting 10 more points on than, than I think you should be. That's a good number. What else do we have? Let's get a couple of randos in here. Um, wow. How about JT Poston? Sorry for all you Poston fans that I just called him a rando and Patton Kazire. Now Kazire's won this event. I think he's won it. Has he won it twice, or or did he win? He won. He did something weird. Like he won tournament of champions, and then he won this event. I don't know something weird. Uh, I have Poston winning this about fifty six percent of the time, minus one thirty. This matchup is minus one ten on both sides. Uh, the thing is, neither of them are really 
going anywhere, right? I mean, it, it looks worse on the graph than it actually is. But uh, over the last year, Poston has basically stayed between four strokes gained on the positive side and 25. He's just lived there. And then Kazire has lived between minus two and zero. He dropped down in the middle of the year. He's playing better as of late. So if you shorten this time range up, I imagine you're going to get... So like if we go from... Let's go since like the new season. Let's call it like 920... I don't know if that would be the new season or not, but like something like that. Um, let's do that. Yeah, and you'll see this is where Kazire has played much better. Now, this is a very, very small sample size. I don't necessarily recommend doing this just because, I mean, you're talking about a handful of tournaments, uh, however many rounds for both of these guys, but Kazire in the short term has been much better than JT Poston has been. Let's open this back up a little bit, go back to our kind of um, January date, and let's find, oh, here's a good one, Sungjae versus Hideki. I'd be interested in seeing this. Sungjae versus Hideki. Now, Hideki was so bad last week, but we're looking at much more than just one week here. Wow, so still has Hideki. 53% to win uh, to win this matchup against Sungjae. Sungjae is a small favorite, so I guess if you could stomach it, you would take the Hideki side of this. It's very close. It is maybe not even a lean in, in the Hideki side, uh, but you'd also have to be able to stomach it after what you saw last week. Let me see if I can find a really... Oh, I actually already bet this one. I bet Webb Simpson versus... Harris English and let's see what that what that number actually is. I'm 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 worried it's going to be a lot closer than I think it is. I bet the web side of it and it's I should have bet the Harris English side of it according to the model. So English, I actually have English as a 52% uh a chance to win this. Simpson being priced at minus 118. Uh I wonder obviously if we go back longer, if we go back you know, two years, this is going to change heavily in the favor of, of Webb Simpson. But the last year, uh, maybe I was wrong. I, I bet Harris English based on kind of like the anecdotal stuff of, of him winning last week, which is obviously not incorporated into the model, but I might've been, I might've been incorrect. So I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. I might've made a bad bet, but I made it before running it through the model. Uh, okay. One and done this week. So real quick, I'm going to give you an update on the, on the, the run good, one and done the Rick run good. Remember this started back at the start of the season. So if you are playing in, you know, the fantasy golf championships, if you're playing in carbon contests, uh, your lead, your, your season starts now. Uh, but we've been going since the start of the season and it's a storm of shanks who had Harris English last week to crack the $6 million mark made up a bunch of ground on Brandon K nine. Those are the only two guys over $6 million at the moment. J key swarm 19 and Rex grant rounding out the rest of that top five. So congratulations to storm of shanks. You made up a lot of, uh, of, of money there. Uh, but for this week, the one and done. So let's talk a little bit of strategy and then I'll show you a little bit of a, a new tool or a new aspect of the tool that I added to the, the one and done visual that is on rickrungood.com. All right, so general strategy. And I've made videos about this in the past, but I'll give you kind of the, the bullet points here. It is week one. Uh, I don't think you have to go crazy, right? I mean, there are, there are times and places 
to be contrarian, to go off the board. I do not think that is week one. It could be at the end of a segment if you're trying to get a payout, if you're trying to do whatever. Uh, But for the most part, you should probably just be taking the best play available this week, even if you are super chalk about that. And then you can make your decisions uh, a little bit later. Uh, you can, you know, you can't win a, a one and done in week one. You can't lose it either, but you can put yourself behind the eight ball quite a bit. I think it's time to go to go chalky here. And then also like know the size of your, of your pool, right? If, if you are in a 3000 person league or contest or whatever, uh, you're going to need to hit a lot of winners. And a lot of winners come from the shorter odds, right? And you're gonna have to, you know, dodge a lot of landmines and all that stuff. Uh, if you are in a smaller one, like there is a, there is a, uh, I think it's being touted as a high rollers. There's, a, there's a thousand dollar one and done that I'm in, and it's capped at 33 people. Uh, you don't have to be that different, you know. I probably won't tell you on this channel every week who I'm going to play. I might actually, I guess it doesn't really matter. I always narrow it down to a couple of guys, but, um, you know, with only 33 people, it's probably going to be pretty chalky all year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see about that. And then, uh, just, just understand that it just like in DraftKings, if you're in a huge contest with a lot of people, you're going to have to have something close to the optimal lineup to win it. If you're in something much smaller, 10 man, 20 man or whatever, you can have worse scores and still find your way to the top that it's the same theory here in your one and done so um for this week and what i've done is i've actually added in so this is the one and done tool on rickrungood.com where you can go by player and based on your feedback so this is what i love you know especially earlier in the year if you have requests send them over uh you know someone asked about hey wouldn't it be nice if we could sort by tournament yeah, I guess it would be. So I, I added that. So you can sort by tournament here. You can click just golfers who are in the field, and then you can see you know their average finish, how many starts they've had, uh, their average dollar amount at this event. So you can see you know Brendan Steele in his two starts, he's made three hundred fifty nine thousand dollars on average. Now that was a second place finish last year, and then I guess. I don't know. He might've missed the cut actually his other year if his average finish is, is 51. And then you can kind of see a chart here to see the guys that have um, more success than others. And then you can flip through all the tournaments at the top. So hope, hope you enjoy that. Uh, but for this week, to me, uh, I think there's a couple of, of really good options. Um, first and foremost, Webb Simpson. Uh, Webb Simpson is, is not only the favorite, this is a course that should set up perfectly for him. It is a course that he has had success at the last two years. Um, I, I tweeted this out the, I guess it was maybe last night, where, you know, the best type of chalk is web chalk. Uh, you know, web, when he is expensive on DraftKings, when he has very short odds, he tends to pay himself off. Uh, you know, I tweeted out the last nine times he was over $11,000 on DraftKings, which is usually he's one of the top two or three favorites in the field. And, you know, it had a bunch of top five finishes. I think his worst finish was like a T39 or something like that. So he just tends to pay off. Now, is he worth it for this week? Well, that is a very interesting question because the pr- the problem, quote unquote problem with Webb is he has four or five really good spots. Um, so, you, you, you know, you can use him at the RSM. You can use them at the Wyndham Championship. You can use them at Waste Management. You can use them here at the Sony, or you can use them at the RBC Heritage. And you can see, historically, that is where his ownership has gone. He's one of the few golfers uh, on the entire PGA Tour who has at least 12% ownership share at five, at six, I'm sorry, at five different events last year. He did it at the Charles Schwab, RBC Heritage, Sony Open, Waste Management, and Wyndham. This doesn't even count the RSM, the season 
I guess the season wasn't included in that. It was included in the run good one and done. Um, but this is this this would have not been included. So it probably would have had six events like that. It's just there's just very distinct spots to play Webb Simpson. So I will probably use him in the thousand dollar buy-in just because I'm not trying to well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I keep talking myself out of this because the other guy, the other guy that I think is most interesting is Daniel Berger. And Berger is someone that um, you know, I actually did the first cut podcast with Sal Vetri. Uh he came on, joined, it was awesome. First time we got to collab um on Monday. And we we ended up talking about Berger for one and done. And and he kind of infiltrated my brain with the idea of Daniel Berger for this week. And the idea is you know, there are only a handful of really top tier golfers. Like if you look at the odds, you know, it's it's Webb, it's Harris English, it's Berger, it's Morikawa, and it's Sung Jay. It's like those five are gonna eat up a lot of the of the win equity here. Well, I can probably save Morikawa. I can probably save Webb. I, I might not want to play Harris English the week after he won. And Sung Jay would probably be a pretty good option, no no doubt about it. But like I, I could also play Sung Jay anywhere. The the idea about Berger is currently, as I record this, you know, 15 to 1. That is probably the shortest odds you're gonna get on Daniel Berger all year. Um I'm kind of speculating there, and it'll obviously depend on if he wins again and some of the other fields that he competes in. If he goes to the 3M Open and he's the only guy there, if he goes to Rocket Mortgage and it's him and Bryson, like I don't know. But but this is very likely the shortest odds you're ever going to get on Berger. So it might be time to use him. So I think it's either Webb or Berger. Sungjae is certainly viable. If you're in the run good one and done and you've used some of these guys, we're a little bit more mature in our standings. You might need to make up a little bit of ground. You know, Russell Henley, I assume, is going to be pretty interesting. He's one of the better approach players on the PGA Tour since the restart. He's won this event in the past. That would be a pretty good spot to go. Abraham Answer would be a pretty good spot to go. So a lot of really good options, but I think there is a conversation to be had about playing Webb Simpson here or saving him. So I'm interested to hear what you guys are going to do in regards to Webb. Tweet me or leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.